Nordensic, joined by Nick Christou. We will be talking about CrossFit, health, fitness, and general gym nonsense. Nonsensical nonsense. Welcome, Nick. What's up, Curtis? Welcome back. Nice little uh, Saturday workout to get us started out with the podcast today. We got our butts kicked. It's always the ones that don't look that bad that get you the worst. I think uh, being 114 degrees outside might not help. That That had something to do with it. It's a gift and a curse, though, because when it's hot, I find I don't get injured. When it's cold, you get injured. But when it's hot, it's really hard to work out. Yeah, you know, I, I, that whole injury thing, I wish that that held true for me, but that's not the case right now. Yeah, I think you got it worse than I do, but we're both limping along right now. That'll be, that'll be maybe a future podcast about injury prevention and uh, recovery. Sounds good. Today we're going to talk about diet and nutrition. Uh, diet and nutrition for people starting out. Um, how people, maybe a little farther along, can dial it in and uh, just some some general uh, sort of tips and tricks uh, we'll also uh, introduce maybe a couple of a uh, couple of things that we're going to talk about every week uh, what do we call it gym uh gym stories heard at the gym heard at the gym i heard it at the gym <laughs> there's a lot of things that i heard at the gym we'll have a i heard it at the gym segment we might need an insurance policy though because certain people listening might know it was them that said it yeah we'll change the name we'll anonymize them yeah yeah it was uh it wasn't Nick Christou, it was... Uh, Nick Chris... You? Yeah, Nick Christou. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, talking about diet and workout. Before we get started, uh, what's, your, what's your diet and workout? I feel like I work out way better than... I think I'm much more disciplined with my workout than I am with my diet. I think I go through waves of um, being really tight with diet. Uh, and then uh, it kind of falls apart for episodes of time. Um, But that being said, you know, I think that I travel a lot for work. I'm on the road all the time. So sometimes I I find that my biggest diet challenges are when I'm on the road. And I've got a lot of little life hacks that I've put in place to be uh, smarter about it. So you're not just gorging on, you know, chips and salsa and breads and stuff like that. So we can talk a little bit about that. But uh, it's definitely probably, you know, if I was to rate that versus working out, what's harder to be motivated to do? I think diet's definitely much more challenging than getting into the gym. Is it it's more of a travel thing, not necessarily like a weekday weekend thing? Yeah, no. Like I go home and, you know, we really don't have a lot of junk food in the house. So it's not like you're 10 o'clock at night on a Tuesday trying to find a candy bar in the in the pantry. It almost exclusively comes down to when I travel, uh, going out with clients, doing fancy dinners, doing lunches, stuff like that, where you're just tired. You're mentally and emotionally tired from putting in the work and you're hungry because uh, you were just in a three-hour meeting, and before you know it, there's a basket of bread in front of you, and one piece of bread turns into ten. Yeah, there's no way to just have one chip. No. Mexican restaurant. Right. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll come back. I think we're going to circle back around to this. Uh, aside from the travel, what is your general eating plan and workout plan? Like, what do you shoot for every week? When you say shoot for, do you mean how many workouts? So yeah. Count macros? Monday through Sunday. Like, uh, you'd say, hey, I'm going to try and work out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, Friday, and I'm going to try and eat well 85% of the time. Maybe go out with the wife on Friday night. Like, what's your, yeah. your regular plan, and then how does it fall apart? Yep, so I'd say Sundays are typically my day off. Uh, I try and do something active Monday through Saturday. And ideally, five of those days uh, being CrossFit-based. And then typically one of those days being a little bit more cardio-based, whether it's mountain biking, it's running, it's, um, you know, especially a lot of times when I'm on the road, it's cycling, it's finding a spin class and stuff like that. Uh, So I try and and break it up somewhere between Wednesday and Thursday. Usually by then, you're especially if the week was tougher in the box, um, you're ready for something a little bit different. So that typically is my... um, my workout week. And then when I look at my diet, I would say my diet is really tight Sunday night through Friday morning. Really tight. Sunday night through Monday morning. Right. Sunday night through Monday morning. I crush it. I crush it. But when I go to bed, yeah, when I go to bed Sunday, Monday morning at 7 a.m. I eat really well. Uh, and then usually I start kind of falling apart by lunch on Friday, especially if it was a tough week and, you know, we're doing uh, lunch as a team or I work from home or something like that. I'll, I'll typically go and uh, whether it's sushi or uh, I usually don't eat a lot of pizza, but sushi or something like that. Um, and then we'll typically go out either Saturday night, Friday night or Saturday night with the kids or just just me and the wife. 
Uh, and that usually is it. Um, most mornings it's, it's eggs and avocado or it's eggs and tomato or something like that. I don't really break from breakfast. There's not, there's not a lot of pancakes in my life. Um, lunches are usually pretty tight. On your diet, are you, are you actively <laughs> trying to gain or lose weight? Or are you just actively trying to stay where you're at? So I think that's more of a mental question. I think if you ask me 10 days out of 10, I tell you I'm trying to lose weight. Um, I want a six pack. I want to be super fit. I want to be the guy when you walk into the CrossFit box and be like, oh, that's that's the guy, right? He's here every day, he works out. Um, so mentally, I think I'm there. Uh, mental discipline, I'm probably trying to sustain is the reality. And I think I go through sprints of losing weight where I can say no to everything and be super disciplined for 10 to 12 days at a time and start seeing some early results. Uh, and then you start getting comfortable with those early results and then you have one cheat meal and you don't gain it back just quite yet. So you feel like you can start doing that a little bit more often and before you know it, you're back into a maintenance plan. Yeah, this is the, this is by the way, the typical conversation that I have with everybody when we do uh, diet consulting. There's generally a, a, an overall, I wanna look super jacked in the six pack goal. Um, there's some, commitment to the diet, but then it falls apart at some point due to stress, work, whatever. And then, uh, you know, that overall goal seems pretty far away. So like, screw it. We're going to just go eat where just unravel yeah. yep. unravels in the weekend. And then maybe Sunday night, there's some guilt and oh, I need to put this back together for the week. So getting into this, uh, talking to our clients, I, I try and talk about the diet and the workout plan as as two individual separate things right? i think when you tie the two together they help each other for sure but when you make one dependent on the other i think you're setting yourself up for failure i think you're setting yourself up for the oh no i had uh, six pizzas at the birthday party today i have to go do 17 hours of yep. spin class or four workouts in a row in one day that's me or oh i missed the workout today i can't eat anything for the rest of the day and so when you, when you separate those things, uh, you are able to then, so you miss a workout, you make a small adjustment in your diet, you keep moving on. It's not, not a big deal. You eat too much food, you know, you look at it like, hey, it's not a big deal. It's, it's one meal, you know, you're right back on the meal plan, don't need to go work out, don't, you know, might have a small fluctuation in weight. But ultimately, if we can separate those things, uh, we're going to be a lot healthier mentally. We're probably going to be a lot happier. And then, uh, you know, from what you're talking about, having good expectations or a proper goal, right? So I try and talk people into the, the goal being getting good at the process of eating and working out and living as opposed to the six pack or the big biceps or being able to do ring muscles or whatever the, whatever the sort of fantasy goal is on the goal board. If we can. If we can readjust our expectations to, hey, the goal should be, hey, I want in 10 days, I want to eat, you know, every meal uh, the way that it's set up in my meal plan with maybe a couple of exceptions, right? So in 10 days, if you're eating five meals a day, that's 50 meals. If you were to eat you know, 45 of them, that'd be great. 90%, that's pretty awesome. Pretty good consistency, you know, a night out with your wife, whatever, go eat, don't go crazy, don't eat four cheesecakes at the Cheesecake Factory, but go out and have a good time and not don't worry about it. Go back to the gym the next day, go have your normal meal plan the next day, and everything is everything's fine. So I, I guess the, the biggest thing starting out is let's make a, a good goal of figuring out what we want our daily process to look like. So we want to work out every day and we want to eat well every day. That's, that's sort of the beginning part of that. I, I always tell everybody at the gym, uh, concentrate on the process, not the result. Whether it's for the gym, learning muscle-ups or whatever, uh, the diet. You know, you wanna learn muscle-ups, if you if you come, come in and, and do five ring swings and then try a muscle-up every day, you're probably never gonna get muscle right? But if you come in and do, you know, five sets of 20 ring swings and some other accessory work every day for a year, you'll probably get right into the muscle. So it's, it's more of the process that, that that does all the work for you, not concentrating on the work, right? And it's not like when you reach that, that weight, like, oh, you reach whatever weight and you have a six pack. It's not like you've arrived. Yep. And you're like, okay, now I can go 
Yeah, now I can go out to hometown buffet and like hit the yeah. hit the brownie bar, right? <laughs> that Boston market. I'm just, yeah, I'm, I'm done now. Get that gravy. It's gonna be there forever, right? So that's why so, so many people did a little challenge at the whatever local gym. Uh, they lose thirty pounds in two months. It's mm -hmm. awesome, and then they blow right back up. The after pictures, they're like super ripped. They look great, and then you see them in person a month later. And they're like all sad. And they're like, yeah, I put like twenty five pounds. Yeah. So they didn't learn the process. It's not an arrival. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. It's not like you've arrived and you can stop doing all of those habits that got you there in the first place. Yeah, and I mean, if, if you can master the diet workout process, I mean, the workout process is this: work out every day. The diet process is this: eat well every day. What does work out every day mean, though? Because I think a lot of people go, oh, I can't do seven days of CrossFit. Or I can't do, I can't get to the gym every day because I've got a babysitter issue or work issue. Yeah, people say, oh, like my friends and my family say, oh, you work out every day, like you're obsessed or you're like, you got some. Yeah, you got a problem. First of all, if you had to have a, an addiction, like uh, there's horrible cocaine addiction, there's addiction to binging and purging, there's porn addiction. I'm not gonna judge you, okay? Shit. All kinds of addictions <laughs> you have. Uh, I'd say working out is probably, or eating well is mm. probably. It's a better uh, addiction. Yeah. I mean, if you have an addictive personality, that's the way it's going to be. May as well be working out. But when I say work out every day, I mean come to come to CrossFit. Uh, if you can't make it to CrossFit, or if you're tired, go out for a walk with your family. Take your dog, wife, husband, whatever, out. Uh, spend an hour doing something. Yeah. Uh, ride a bike. Uh, go out with some friends whatever just get out and be active uh for an hour yep doesn't you don't have to oh i did fourteen thousand steps or my fitbit says whatever <laughs> nobody cares like just go do something be active come to the gym when you can and then eat well every day it doesn't mean you have to eat out of a plastic container every day right right just eat well every day yeah you know and that that prescription i'll, I'll skip around a little bit going to the classic sort of CrossFit prescription for food. Uh, eat mostly plants, lean meats, some fruit, little seeds and nuts, very little to no starch, no sugar, no processed food. You can do that on, you can do that every day. You can do that when you're traveling. You can do that in the airport. You can do that everywhere. So can we break that down again? So let's, and can we kind of bounce out of order? So can you repeat that list? Okay, so eat mostly plants. I'll start at the top, eat mostly plants. If you look at your plate, this is gonna go by quantity on your plate. Right, so the number one thing, mostly plants. Load your plate up with whatever. Are there specific plants you want to avoid? You hear about like, uh, some people talk about like fibrous plants or not not necessarily fibrous plants, but there's specific plants that may not necessarily have, okay. Especially at the beginning stage, I'm gonna say no. And I'm gonna maybe take a second to put a little disclaimer out here. Talk to your doctor. We're not nutritionists, yep. Talk to your doctor, make sure that you are Get your blood work done. Make sure that you aren't allergic to things. Make, you know, get it all figured out with your doctor. Get cleared to be on a workout plan. Uh, get get cleared to uh, diet. Uh, we're not doctors. I don't think anyone would ever confuse us for doctors. I don't think so. Um, this is this is you know we've rounded we've rounded up a lot of great advice from a lot of people. So you know we are saying you can definitely dive down rabbit holes. You know go to the RP. A Renaissance Periodization website. They've got a uh, YouTube page you can subscribe to. Dr. Mike, uh, Dr. Nick Shaw, these guys are awesome. They're geniuses uh, compared to us, for sure. Uh, go to you know Dr. Andy Galpin. That's renaissanceperiodization.com. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of different resources where you can get the nuts and bolts and the, you know, the science behind what you're talking about. But uh, going back to, you know, Glassman's thought on the plate, mostly vegetables, at, at the point of starting out, it doesn't matter. You know, I remember back in the day, 2010, paleo was huge. Like there was like, we had people at the gym that were way overweight and they're eating like 14 pounds of bacon every yeah. day. Like it's paleo, bro, I'm gonna lose weight. I'm gonna be healthier. They're still eating 14 pounds of bacon. Um, let's not worry about the, what kind of vegetable you're eating until we're down under maybe 12% body fat. Let's not worry about the amount of xanthan gum that's into that, you know, tapatio sauce. Let's not worry about, you know, whether or not you're eating a nightshade or a regular vegetable, right? All that stuff that, you know, when we're, when we were in a, you know, 5,000 calorie surplus, let's not worry about the small details, right? Let's worry about the big details. So 
are there plants that are better for you than others? Sure, there's higher and lower glycemic index carbs. But at the beginning stages, just let's just say plants. It can be arugula, it can be broccoli, it can be anything, anything or zucchini that grows out of the ground. Zucchini, whatever, name it, pepper, whatever. Your plate is mostly that. So the majority of what's on your plate is that. So greater than 50%. Yeah. Okay. And, and this is also a great way to keep full. Just a ton. I could, I could eat a trough of arugula with some meat, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, Frank's red hot sauce. Would you throw legumes, beans into that category or would you keep that separate? You know, it, I would say let's keep beans, let's keep beans separate. I think most people buy processed beans. If you're gonna buy, you know, green beans in the stock, I guess, and cook them, sure, that'd be fine. Uh, that's a lot of work to eat, you know, maybe snack peas or something. Mm-hmm. Um, if you really want to boil out beans, like to properly cook beans, if you buy them raw, it, it takes some work to make them digestible. So I'm going to say, just from the purpose, just from the standpoint of making it easy on yourself, I would say probably avoid that. Other things that are just basically things that you can eat that come right out of the ground. You know, wash the pesticide off and eat it as it comes out. The next biggest thing on your plate should be lean meats. When I say lean meats, let's just stay away from the marbled, fattier cuts of meat. It doesn't, we don't have to get crazy and look for 99% fat-free, whatever. I mean, that's great if you can, but you, know, you can buy 99% fat-free turkey in packages at the market for super cheap. You get chicken breast that's super lean. Uh, for red meats, I would stay away from the, the rib cuts. Oh, it's my favorite. I know. I know. Is, there, is there a reason for less fat? Because you talk to the keto guys and they say, no, get the fattiest cut you can get. Yeah. Okay. So we'll get into the whole keto and so later. But the lean, the lean meats, is it a digestion issue or is it a, um, calorie issue. it's a calorie yeah. issue. Okay. Straight up calorie issue. Got it. Um, I'll, I'll dive in there real quick. It doesn't matter which plan you're on keto intermittent fasting zone. It all boils down to calorie balance and calorie balance as I look at it is over maybe a 10, 20 day cycle as an average. Um, if you're eating fatty meats, dude, that means you're, you're just putting in an additional 10, 20% more calories that you don't need to in the meat. So let's say with lean meats for now, um, chickens, turkeys, you know, for red meat, let's let's stay with the leaner meats, the filet, the flank steak, that kind of thing. And just keep it in, in, you know, maybe the size of the palm of your hand. It's about a five, four or five pounds portion. Uh, some people, if you're smaller, you have a smaller hand, smaller portion. About that, it's about the right size. Uh, next up on the plate, some fruit. Right, don't don't stack up. You know, four, you know, an entire watermelon sliced up on there. You know, seven apples. Let's get some fruit in there, uh, and then little seeds and nuts if you want to add some fat to it. Also, okay if we need, you know, instead of seeds and nuts, if we want to add a little bit of olive oil to the vegetables, or you know, what I, little I mean, a couple of tablespoons. Nothing, nothing huge. Anything. Don't drown them. We get to the point where we're under twelve percent body fat. We can, <laughs> start measuring things. That's that's something else we'll talk about. Um, and aside from that, let's just stay away from sugar, zero sugar, zero processed food. So anything that has more than one ingredient, anything in the middle of the store, that kind of thing. Generally all the expendable stuff, the stuff that will, you know, can't stay doesn't have a shelf life, goes on the outside and the stuff that can sit there, you know, post apocalyptic world go to the middle of the store because all the stuff will be right, you know, there yep. for twenty years. So that's that's sort of the goal with uh, that's the easy cliff note version of eating. What do you think about the soda addiction? Don't care. Uh, if we're eating, if we're eating a diet of soda for now, don't care. It goes back to my same thing we just talked about. If we're under twelve percent body fat, yeah, maybe we start looking at putting just water in or, or really diet. Because at that point, you're, you're dialing it in pretty hard, and you're you're pretty good, pretty self disciplined. Yep. You're good at following the the plan. If we're at 29% body fat, uh, I'm going to say if the diet soda gets you through the day, drink. Survive. Yep. Like, you know, the amount of aspartame in that is not nearly as bad for you as the 5,000 calorie surplus in other foods. So if that if that diet soda helps you to not eat something or go, you know, have a, a, a bag full of bagels, then great. You know, it, as long as it's a diet soda. Got it. Zero calories. Cool. Zero sugar. Ultimately, at the end of the day, we're looking at zero calories. I mean, to be honest with you, you could eat 
if you like say you say you eat two thousand calories a day to just maintain, right? You could eat two thousand calories of just sugar. Like you could weigh out two thousand calories of sugar granulated sugar, put it in a bowl and eat it. Versus two thousand calories of kale. Right, but the kale you'd have to eat it. You'd have to have like a state fed truck deliver twenty bales of kale. Yep. Versus the sugar would be like a bowl. Yep. You get some crazy, uh, you know, crazy insulin responses. And, have a hard time getting through the day eating sugar versus kale you probably sit in the bathroom yeah and that's an interesting one i think people don't really understand that very well which is um you know calories a calories a calorie not really when you dump in a lot of calorie like sugar that gets burned really quickly uh if you don't burn it think of it like a car right if you put gasoline in your tank and it doesn't burn uh if your car stored that elsewhere such as fat right? You probably wouldn't put a ton of gasoline in your tank every single time that you went to fill up at the gas station. Um, it's the same thing in the body. You don't want to dump a ton of sugar in at once because if it doesn't burn every single thing it uses, it's converts it into fat. And that's why you have a fat challenge. That'd be awesome if people's cars worked like that because you'd go from driving your Corvette and then like in six months, you'd be driving a school bus. Right. Right. Yeah. Get putting gas in it. And it just kept growing and got bigger yeah. and got bigger and it's slower and it didn't work as well. And yeah. No, I think another another weird thing that happens is people think about it like I'm like almost like your body resets every 24 hours. Like it's a new day and it's like everything's reset and we, we're starting over. And I talk about like the 10 or 20 day average. Like you need to think of it more of the amount of calories you put in your body every day averaged over 10 or 20 days. That's what your body composition is, right? It's, it's an average of all that. There's not like you eat one, You if you ate, you know, five days and there's a ton of memes on the internet it's like five days it shows like you know all perfect meals yeah like saturday and sunday it's like pizza yep and it's totally true you can eat two thousand calories a day for five days and then eat fourteen thousand calories in the weekend yeah gain weight yep you, know, you could eat every meal great and go home and have three bottles fall apart yep and it's ruined so it's not like things reset like this is an average this is it's the process. It's what you do every day and how that averages out that, that makes your body either you know, more or less uh, uh, fit or strong or, or whatever it is you're trying to do. Yeah. We're trying to gain weight. We, I think we usually, for the purpose of this podcast, we're going to concentrate on people losing weight. Uh, but we do have some people trying to gain weight. Same thing in reverse. Yeah, I think most people live their, their lives in sprints too, by the hours, not even by the days. Like our emotions are happy to sad from a minute slash hourly basis. And I think diet's one of those things that is not a sprint, it's a marathon. And it's super frustrating for people when they put in five days of hard work and they gain three pounds and they can't figure out why. And they wonder if they should just go back to eating pizza. Yeah, there's, there's a couple of landmines there. Like one is, okay, when you weigh yourself, you're gonna go through some crazy weight spurts, right? I mean, and let's face it, how much, I mean, you're 200 pounds, You've got what 120 pounds of water, yep, and you're maybe 80 pounds somewhere in the neighborhood of stuff, yep, bone, hair, uh, muscle, fat, whatever. So there's not that much. You think about you know if I gain if I eat sushi and I gain five pounds the next day when I weigh myself, like is that did I really gain five pounds of fat or mm -hmm. just water retention from all the sodium that I ate yeah. from sushi? So most of those those spikes are are water spikes. Yeah, and what we really want to pay attention to is the long-term average yep. so if you were to chart it you can have some flyers in each direction but overall the, the average should be headed down or up whichever way you're trying to go yeah um, and again talking about it, not necessarily like a diet it's not we're not talking about being on a diet we're talking about perfecting our diet and once you perfect the process of eating and working out and, and i'm not saying being a perfect workout person i'm saying perfect it to the extent that you can come in every day or do something every day Right. To me, that is having perfected it, or eating, the, you know, the way that you want to eat every day. That is perfected it, right? Having the self-discipline. But when you get to that level, then you can decide if you want to gain or lose weight. And it's not necessarily being on a diet. You might decide you want to restrict your calories to where you lose some body fat. You might want to be a little bit leaner to where you see the six-pack or do better at handstand walks or whatever. Um, you know, and it's a, a really easy adjustment. Because you, you eat consistently every day, all you have to do is make some small adjustments to go either up or down. Uh, one thing, though, is that people get confused. They say, "Oh, I'm on a diet, but these workouts are really hard." Diets are not performance enhancing. 
right? Uh, maybe unless you're, if you're massing, that can definitely help with lifting weights. But cutting, which most people are doing, that's absolutely not, in, you know, in the process of being in a caloric deficit, you are not going to get bigger, you're not gonna get jacked. Yep. Uh, you're gonna feel like crap when you work out, and, and that's that's the way it is because you're literally starving yourself. Uh, you're injury prone too. I mean, a lot of people that RX often, that start going through a cut phase, let's call it that, um, you, you are much higher likely to injure yourself because you want to continue to push to RX and you're in a caloric deficit. Yeah, I th yeah, people like they start to get a little bit, uh, a little bit foggy while they're working out and they, they maybe aren't, you know, they're not dialing in their form, they're not keeping the intensity going. They're just sort of, uh, you know, slugging their way through it. And that's a, it's a tough way to go. I, I, people like that, we try and push them into using a really light weight and keep our PVC stick, you know, uh, whatever it takes to keep moving quick. Uh, that's really the main goal is to move quick. Uh, with consistency, we want to keep uh, form, obviously, as the uh, number one thing. If I had to make a little pyramid, uh, you know, the base of that pyramid would be consistency. Yeah. Uh, for everything, diet and workout, right? Because everything above it, if you if you don't do it consistently, everything above it in that pyramid isn't, it's not gonna happen, yep. right? It's not gonna work. So consistency is at the bottom. Uh, talking about working out, I would say, uh, you know, form and range of motion, right? If, if you're coming in and you're just doing crappy movements, what are you doing? Mm -hmm. you're, not, you're, not, you're not doing a whole lot for yourself. Right? You're gonna be good at doing something crappy. So let's, uh, and you're gonna risk injury. And what you, when you want full range of motion, you don't want to perfect having half a range of motion. Uh, so let's work on our uh, form and range of motion, our mobility, and then we can move to the next level, which would be intensity. Intensity, intensity equals speed, right? Speed plus the other two things would be intensity, right? Intensity, speed without consistency in form is just, you're probably gonna get hurt. Right, that's we see the new guy showing. He has no clue what he's doing, but and he's trying to win. Oh, an hour. Uh, you, you know, afterwards you see him laying down with a barbell around his neck, yep. like, knocked out in the corner. Right. Uh, intensity is speed plus form, range of motion, and consistency. And at the very top of that would be uh, weight or loading. Right. That's the last thing that we add is the weight and the loading to it for working out. Um, looking at diet, it's kind of the same deal. Consistency is number one. If you no, no matter what you do, no matter if you're going to do a, a zone or a paleo or a intermittent fasting with Joe Rogan or a, you know whatever other diet thing you're doing, if you're not consistent, it's not going to work. Like, hey man, I'm intermittently fasting, uh, and I did one day in a row. Like great. So what you're saying is you went to sleep at night. Yep. Awesome. Good job. All of them are just ways to reduce calories. Really, what it boils down to, but um, in that same pyramid, consistency first. Uh, you got to eat properly every day. Uh, that's that's really a big thing. Uh, and then you know, as you go up the pyramid, you can talk about different ways to do it. You know, if you want to eat moldy meats or if you want to eat only vegetables, or, they're all great and, and they all have their benefits. And some people are predisposed to being uh, more compatible with one or the other, but. Um, Consistency is really the main thing to carry through both. So that, that goes back again to uh, talking about breaking these two things up, the diet and the workout. You can't come, you can't count on one to help the other too much, right? Uh, but really the one underlying factor that affects both is consistency and self-discipline. So if you have that consistency, consistency and self-discipline, uh, you will get better at both of those things. Really, no matter what you do, even if you're, you know, you're just going to go to the gym or you're doing whatever, uh, you're, you know, whatever diet you're doing, intermittent fasting or, you know, paleo zone or whatever, if you're doing it consistently, you're probably going to see results, right? It, without the consistency, you're just going to be that guy that skips from diet to diet, that person that skips from gym to gym, right? The gym jumper. Like, hey man, what are you doing? Oh, I'm doing small off this week. And then like the next week, like, hey, how's small off going? Oh, I'm doing three, you know, five, three, five, three, one. Oh, and the next week, how's five, three, one? Oh, I joined CrossFit. Yep. Come on, man. Like there's none of those programs are gonna work for you until you pick one and just do it. Get consistent. There's, I know everything seems more attractive and everyone's got a cool story about how they got super jacked doing whatever, but um, 
think so. Yeah. I guess if I had to say there's an underlying tone here for all of this stuff, it is have some self-discipline and be consistent. And, and that's what it boils down to. And that's going to be so much more rewarding, not just like the result, all the results, like those things that you say you want, those are going to happen. So you don't have to worry about those things. You just worry about the everyday process. And then the byproduct of that is having that self-discipline and then at the end of the day, knowing that you did, you know, you did your work that you ate consistently, you, you know, did all the other things that you set out to do, there's there's a, there's some feeling of satisfaction in that, yep. knowing that you did that and it's sort of self-fulfilling. The next day, you're a little bit more, a little more locked in. And the next day, you're a little more locked in. And then maybe you go on vacation and, and sometimes that throws you out of your rhythm. Uh, you just gotta you know, double down and lock right back into that when you're back. I think you'll find if you're consistent for a long enough time, even on vacation or traveling, you just ride the same zone. You know, you, you walk, you know, you walk into the airport, you're not going to stop at the hot dog on a steak stand. You're going to go to somewhere to get a salad, and, you know, some lean meats. Yeah. You know. The the other thing I'll say is, <clears throat> a lot of people think the first day is the hardest day when you're starting your quote new life and your new diet and your new consistency plan. Um, it's actually not. Days two and a half through four and four and a half are actually a hell of a lot harder than day one or day five. Um, and the reason for that, if you look at it is your gut, right? It kind of, what, what a lot of people don't know is your gut dictates a lot more of your attitude, your emotions than your brain does. Um, because your gut's kind of that bacterial biome that, uh, dictates everything else that happens in your body, your immune system, your hunger, uh, you know, your, your panic button, your fear, all of that stuff. So anyways, um, what happens is that first day, a lot of times your gut hasn't really had a freak out shock yet because it's still being fed by all of the things that are being put into it. Right. Uh, and then when they finally realize that the sugar's gone, uh, the bacteria start sending all of those trigger to your brain, uh, with the headaches and the fogginess and the crankiness and all of that. Uh, and they're basically trying to survive. That's what they're doing. They are triggering your brain to do anything it possibly can to keep them alive. And the way they get kept alive is by being fed more sugar and fed more bad stuff because that's what bred them in the first place, right? So that's the other thing I'll say too is uh, if you're one of those people, possibly like me, where you get get home from a two-week road trip of work and you probably haven't been eating that great and you're ready to get back on the horse and get really tight with your diet, just know those first couple days are probably going to suck but it's going to get better. And when it does get better, it gets better fast and your discipline gets really strong in a very short period of time because you don't have your gut uh, trying to drive the car anymore, right? And you can actually think pretty rationally about what you wanna eat, what you wanna put in your body. You can walk past that hot dog on a stick and it doesn't even it doesn't even come in your brain twice. You know, if you have a big enough gut, you can actually can use that to drive the car. Right? I Sometimes I do use my gut. Yeah, you just sit it there, yeah. it works great. I do it all the time. You know, I'll say for me, it's, I'm going to say, it, it depends on who you are. I look at it like every day is the first day, right? So if you keep that in the back of your head, every day is the first day, then there won't be an expectation that the 300th day is the easier day, like 300 times easier yep. day, right? And it won't be the expectation after 300 days if you mess up that that first day is going to be horrible. Yeah. I just think of it like every day is the first day. Like every day is the only day. Yeah. Just think of it as every day, like you have to earn all that stuff, right? Like, I think listen to like Jocko Willing podcast talks about get up four thirty in the morning, earn the sunrise, right? yeah. Have to work out, earn that sunrise. Think about get up, do all these things. Like that's your self discipline, that's your satisfaction at the end of the day. At the end of the day, if you set out to do, you got a checklist of ten things, and you check off all ten things. Like damn, you earned it. Like that's that's the goal. Man. Through the whole day, like having done all the things you want to done. And don't let outside forces like be the boss of you, right? Don't let that hot dog on a stick be at the airport seduce you. Yep. Hey, Nick, yep. you want to grab your hot dog? Agreed. Yeah. You want me to grab your hot dog? Well, no, I mean, no. oh, a hot dog and a stick. Oh, okay, okay. Weird hat. I was gonna say because okay, that's fine. Uh, put hacks in place. Uh, one of the things that I do, and you know, I talk a lot about being on the road. Uh, I will ask where we're going to lunch or where we're going to dinner, and I will look at the menu when I'm not hungry. And I will ensure, I mean, a lot of times the last thing I do before I go to bed before the next day is I look at the menus of where we're going to lunch and dinner and I make sure that I've already got my decision made on what I want to order instead of being super tired, you know, super cranky and 
getting the pizza when you don't want the pizza. So that's some, that's something I would say too. And then if, if your biggest challenge is inside of your house, look at ways that you can hack inside of your house, right? Dude, when you're hungry, that Monte Cristo looks fucking good. It's game over. I'm eating the Monte Cristo. I'll be back on the bed tomorrow. Exactly. Especially when you got a corporate card and it's not your money or whatever it is. Or somebody might be listening to this Maybe. Possibly. Very possible. Right. But, yeah. That's, uh, a, that's a great point. That's a fantastic point. Uh, when you're out pre-plan, like don't make decisions when you're hungry. And if you are hungry and you know it's going to be a problem, order the food and have half of it. Just, hey, you can ask them to just bring half. And they say, are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. Just to take half and slide it right in the trash and bring it out. If I don't want a discount, just bring me half the portion. Or split it with somebody. Yeah. That's kind of weird being out with another guy. Eh, well. But you want to split the... Uh, Tells you, the Asian chickens out. tells you a lot about that person, though. Yeah. Yeah. Tells you a lot, especially if they let you feed them. Might be some weird signaling. It's even better. Okay. Well, maybe maybe save that for a moment. Um, but yeah, traveling for sure. Uh, another hack I, I like to say is if you're unsure, like, first of all, all restaurants measure their food. That's how they control their portion size. So the, the chef, the cook, the whoever in the back knows exactly what the raw and cooked weight of the food is. Feel free to ask, like, hey, how big's your portion of this, whatever. Uh, and then if, if worse comes to worse, just order, just go straight protein. Because you're, you're generally, you can't get into too much trouble. I mean, God bless you if you can eat the 50 ounce tomahawk for $275, you know, but if you just order a steak or a chicken breast and some vegetables, like, you're gonna be fine. It's not gonna, you can't get into too much trouble there. Just stay away from the big sauces. Just eat regular, just eat meats, yep. you know, and, uh, You'll be fine. Yeah. Stay away from you know booze. Stay away from it. But if you if you have to, uh, just try and drink straight booze. You know, let's stay away from the wines. Let's stay away from the beers. Shot of tequila, or tequila and soda water with a little bit of lime. Yeah. Uh, just keep it keep it really keep it really plain. Uh, yeah. One of my go tos. <clears throat> excuse me. One of my go tos is. Um, I, I use the same line every single time we sit down and waiter comes around and says, Hey, what can I get you guys? Uh, whatever, uh, Manhattan old fashioned. I say, you know what? I'm not really too sure yet. I'll just take a soda water and lime and I'll figure it out by the time you get back. And what I've typically found is it's the, um, ceremony of having something in your hand and cheersing with other people more than it is actually wanting to drink a ton on a Wednesday night and have to wake up at 8am for work the next day. So find, find ways to give yourself a buffer zone between the hunger pain and the first thing that goes into your mouth because if you if you prepare your hunger up with the first thing that goes in your mouth it's probably not going to be a good recipe but if you can pump the brakes a little bit and you can kind of settle into the setting whether it's a friend's house it's a it's a kid's party it's uh you know it's a work dinner whatever it is uh and you can get a glass of water in or you can get a little bit of fruit in and you can kind of get that that good sugar going to your brain so you're not as foggy and cranky usually you can make a little bit more of a rational decision you may not avoid the pizza but you might have one slice versus six slices. And before you know it, your brain finally feels satisfied and it's five slices too late. Do you have any people in your life that are thinking, oh, dude, what are you doing, bro? Come on, do you only live once? Like, that's stupid, bro. Yeah, and you know what it is? Actually, I deal with that a lot. And it really frustrates me because what I've found is it's actually people trying to justify their bad decisions. Um, it's not necessarily, and, and you find it with drinking, especially as an adult going out, I guarantee everybody on this podcast, try, try and say, no, you're not drinking the next time you go out with your friends and see which ones are the ones that want to peer pressure you into drinking. It's not because they want to see you stumbling around. The reality is it's because they don't want to has, have to ask themselves the hard question of why am I doing this and why don't I have more discipline or why am I not willing to change my ways? So it's much easier to drag you down with them than it is to tell themselves, you know what? I'm good tonight too. Let's go do something else. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Those are the tough ones, but you know what? They're also the easiest ones because as soon as you decide to do something more positive for yourself and you've got those crabs in the pot, right? The people that are trying to pull you back down into it with them. Um, you can really quickly identify who's going to be with you on this journey and who's not. And those people aren't bad people, by the way, they're just not on the same journey that you are at the same time that you're on that journey and you can't force them into it and they can't force it. Well, they can try and force you out of it. Right. But you've got to make sure that they don't force you out of it. I think those people tend to find each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Misery loves company. And again, not bad people, but just on a different path and probably a less positive path for sure. That's funny. We have a client, uh, I won't mention any names, uh, but she has, she just joined maybe two months ago, two and a half, two, two months ago. Uh, she has lost 30, 
30 pounds. That's awesome. Pounds. And it's not like some people, like I, I know the difference uh, when people come in and they're, you know, attacking it in an unhealthy way. I know they're either starving themselves or diet pills or whatever. And when people are just eating really well and working out, like she, she literally has just been just killing it, being super consistent on diet, super consistent coming to work out, uh, doing great. Didn't wasn't really involved in fitness before, but it was just loving it. And she looks fantastic. And she was telling me uh, last week that she had coworkers that were telling her like that, you know, oh my God, why are you doing this? Like it's so dangerous. Like you don't look good. And like she looks fantastic. And you know, it's not the person the gaunt, uh, you know, pale uh, person that's been, you know, locked up, locking themselves up all day, not eating. I mean, she's just been, she's just been doing a really great job of, of eating well, working out. And it, it, even with her, like looking at herself in the mirror, she still has a little bit of doubt. Like, hey, these people are telling me, you know, all this is unhealthy and whatever. And like that is just straight up that either a completely don't have any idea what they're talking about, or B, are super, super jealous, or maybe both. Probably both. But what what the hell is that? Where people feel like if they can't get their shit together, they're gonna drag somebody else down. Like, what's the goal there? They're gonna try and get this person to stop looking out, doing the things they're super successful at? Like, why would you even make that comment? It's, yeah, it's fear. It's fear of being not their equal. It's fear of, having to ask themselves the hard question of why am I not doing what I should be doing, right? Am I capable of it? A lot of times it's am I capable of it, right? Because you see the 45-year-old middle-aged man or woman that says, man, I've been out of shape for 20 years. I don't think I can do it anymore. And they're more afraid to try uh, than, they, than they are just to say, you know what? I know I can't do it. But if I can't do it, I'm going to be damned if some other 45-year-old middle-aged person in my same position does the same thing, right? Because then I have to. Because once somebody does it, then it validates that I can do it, and I don't want to be wrong if I can't. Yeah, at 48 years old, you're you're too old to be working out. Probably a bad time to be talking about it with my effed up hip and my back that I'm trying to figure out what's wrong. But that's years of neglect and abuse and ignoring pains and and maybe not going to the doctor when I should have. So, you know, to to pull some lessons out of that, you know, the people that are in your ear, you definitely, definitely do not need to be listening to them. You know, you need to find the people that have your best interest in mind and, and to listen to them. The people that don't have your best interest in mind, like, it might even be time to say, hey man, like, you're not. Yeah, we're not in this together right now. This together, like, I don't, you know, I don't really need you in my life. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's family. And the best thing you can do for your family is just be a good example. Yeah, agreed. One other thing I want to talk about, uh, how are we doing on time? Yeah. Got all the time in the world. I think no one's listening anymore, but we can keep talking. Um, I'm used to that with the gym. I keep talking and I look around everyone. We're professionals at this. Um, people talk about their kids. Like, I just had this conversation with somebody today. He's like, uh, yeah, you know, uh, I can diet well, but man, like, like when my kids have those like chicken stars. Yeah, that, gummy bears. I'm going to finish them off. And it's like, why are you trying to fix your diet and be healthy? You're going to allow your children to wander down the same path that you likely, that likely led you to the spot where you're at right now. Why not tell your kids to eat the same thing you? If they don't like it, well then they're going to be hungry, and eventually they're going to eat, and they'll eat what's available. So why not teach them how to eat well? Like I, I didn't grow up eating well. I grew up eating like I would take white bread and ball it up into a ball and eat that with a one sauce on it. I mean macaroni and cheese pizza that was a healthy meal to me <laughs> hated vegetables weren't part of our diet like why not teach your kids how to eat right that's the like that's a gift like you can take every gift you've ever given your children for every christmas and birthday for their entire lives and this gift would be bigger than all of those combined by a factor of a thousand if you could have your children eating healthy and properly and they would never have a lot of these health issues that people have, the things that you and I have struggled with or be in their 40s right this way. Yeah, so I think I think two things on, yeah, absolutely. Give them something. You know, CrossFit, just out running, walking around, hiking, just active, don't let them sit around on the computer. Yeah, you. it's funny, so back to that gut concept earlier, you wanna see your gut in action, take your kid's Fritos away from him. 
or her and watch the insane negotiation or the, the, the stages of grief, I think is what they call it, right? Watch the insane negotiation they go through to try and get that back into their life. It's not them talking. It's their stomach trying to get that back, right? And five to seven days later, again, it's not a three-year negotiation with your kid. It's five to seven days until that part of their gut says, eh, I'm over it because that bacteria has died and it no longer craves the sugar and craves the BS, right? Yeah, so that's a really good, it's a good, it's a good um, health check for ourselves when we're going through that struggle of getting our diet tight and getting consistent to remind ourselves of. And I totally agree with you. It's the best thing you can give your kids. And um, on that point, uh, my wife growing up, organic everything. And this is, you know, somewhere in the early 2000s uh, where it's organic's not really a thing yet, right? We're still kind of coming out of the hot pocket era. Everything. Is it organic? Yeah, total hippie. Yeah, and I remember her always asking for, is it organic? Is it organic? Is this organic? This is organic. And I'm like, okay, enough with the organic nonsense. Like you're fit, you're a gymnast, I get it. And I was a soccer player and I was super fit too, but I was definitely on the, ba- I was team bagel bite and she was team organic. Um, fast forward to the thirties and I struggle since, since I finished playing, uh, you know, college sports, I have struggled to maintain a very consistent weight and she doesn't. And I look back at like our youth and growing up and you look at what she ate versus what I probably ate and it was significantly different. So yeah, when you think about that long-term regulatory capability that your body has, trash in at a young age is, is a really dangerous thing. It's dangerous, but it's, you know, you can come back and you can, you can't. You can fix that. Yep. But why, why put your kids in that position of having horrible habits or there's so many people, you know, that just, I know people at the gym, they're in their 30s, and they just think like that's how you're supposed to eat. Like, that's just how it is. It's like, no, man, we have to completely rebuild you from, from ground zero. How much easier would it have been for that person to have been just taught how to eat properly from, from the get-go? Yeah. So We all want our kids to go to the best schools from a young age. So we all want them to start ahead of the game when it comes to their education and getting ahead in life. Why do we put them down one zero when it comes to food? I, I can make an argument. I mean, there are, there are only so many college-educated jobs that you can get out there that are going to earn you six figures plus. Uh, most of them, you know, if you're going to be, most of them are going to result in a sub-six-figure income. Um, I would argue that your health and your um, health, as it as it translates to your attitude and you know your self-image and all of that, I believe that that would be. If I had to say, if I had to put my money in one camp or the other, not, I mean, obviously a picture of the two would be great, but if I had to say one or the other, I would say leaning, leaning into that health side would be a better, a better thing for the life of your children than the education. hundred percent. Altogether. Could you learn more? Because if they're healthy, they can, first of all, they're going to live longer. They're going to be happy. They have better self-image. They'll probably end up in a better job or a better whatever anyways, a better relationship. Uh, they're not going to hate themselves you know if you're really highly educated and or even you know mid-level educated but you're at horrible health you know horrible self-esteem horrible whatever you know you have health problems uh you end up spending more money on your health problems i i'd, I'd say definitely 100 percent health side here you know all the education in the world isn't going to help you if you're morbidly obese you have diabetes and you know yeah you see it all the time in corporate america too yep that's the thing you talk about like the work and everything like you the best thing you can do for your kids your work studies is actually don't even try and tell them how to eat because they're just going to take you that they're like hey bro i brought kale nice enjoy your bagel bites but just do it by example don't even don't even mention it don't judge don't say anything just like man i got my food and you know what People are actually impressed. They might make fun of you, like, hey, Nick brought his plastic container of food to Mastro's. You know, he's gonna eat, you know, whatever. But you know, secretly, they're thinking, I wish I could. I wish I had self-discipline. And that boldness. I wish I had the willingness to stand out from the crowd and say, fuck this, I'm gonna choose a better way. Yeah, Yeah. there's that, you plant that little seed in the back of their head. And the more they're around you, the more you just, you're consistent, right? Every time you go out, like, Nick doesn't break. Unless Nick says, hey man, that's my day, I'm gonna go out and eat whatever, like otherwise I'm eating out of my little containers. Like, man, I wanna be more like Nick. Like they might not even say anything. There might be some small, some small thing that they take away where they just start eating better, like in the privacy room, where you affected them. You know, that's that's the goal.
want to affect your coworkers, don't talk to them about it. Just do do what you do and, and be consistent. And, and you know, same thing at the gym. We try and lead a consistent life to you know, as an example for clients. I don't think they care if I'm more fit than them. But I want to come in and I want to set an example. Hey, you know, we're going to eat. We're going to be here every day, rain or shine. Like this is what this is what it's about. I don't care if you come in and work out hard. Sometimes you might come in and, and only have half effort. Yeah, I agree. I think I think a great example of this is you know you picked up a recent injury that's a pretty significant injury, and uh, you're still here every day. Consistency, right? You may not be doing the full workout. You may be modifying it, but you're doing it and you're still staying fit and consistent. And I was on the road this week. It's very funny. I was on the road this week and I just had an off day and I didn't want to do anything. And there was a, there was a box that was like three miles away and I didn't have a car. And I just was like, all right, I'm over this. And I actually thought about that. And I said, no, I've got to find a way to modify and I've got to find a way to work out because Curtis was doing it. And if he can do it with a significantly worse injury than I have right now, there's no excuse for me not to do it. And there's a little bit more to it in terms of like, uh, for me, I don't want to lose the momentum, right? I, I come in, I'm scaling the workouts like beyond what I have beginners do. Um, certain things, pretty much anything from the waist down, I can't do it all. But I don't want to, I don't, is it really keeping me in top notch condition? You know, for the open, probably not, but it's good for my mind. Coming in every day, at the end of the day, I can still say, I have, you know, I'm still doing my thing, right? I'm still working out every day. And even if I come in and do some curls and bench press and right bike, I'm still doing something every day. So keeping that ball rolling for me is what keeps me mentally healthy. And uh, like I can't give that up because once you give that up, then you sort of let go of everything. And it's hard to get that going. So I'd much rather keep the ball rolling than let it, let it fall apart. Uh, you know. So I think we have I think we have successfully beaten this horse to death. So. Talking about, this is sort of the intro to diet theory uh, resources. I would say definitely uh, go to Renaissance Creative Page and uh, follow all of their stuff. I would love to have uh, Nick on one day just if he can spare five minutes and, and talk a little bit. But go to the website, check it out. They have apps, they have templates for eating, they have uh, workout templates. Say so you don't go to CrossFit, you don't go to Gold's Gym. They've got workout templates. Um, Andy Galvin's another great reference. He's got stuff on the internet. He explains it so well, uh, talking about like just how food is digested and, and protein and, and carbohydrates and why it's better to have carbohydrates at one point of the day versus another part of the day versus protein and how it digests. And, how do you spell Galpin? Uh, G-A-L-P-I-N, Dr. Andy Galpin. Uh, and there's a ton of others uh, on the internet. We can go to, uh, maybe I'll link some stuff up on our uh, Instagram. Uh, but there's a, a couple other people that we follow that just have a, a, just a wealth of information. Uh, there's so much out there. I, when I started in CrossFit, there, there was no information out there at all. Uh, there was no giant community. Uh, now, nowadays, it's all out there for you. Um, be careful with the, the fads and the new thing. Um, there's always the new best thing, all the lemon grass, seaweed, right? And just remember, it's all about calorie balance. Uh, let's be safe about it. Uh, yeah, one, one of my favorite quotes is read old books. They've stood the test of time. It's kind of the same with diet. Like, look at the things that have stood the test of time. Well, it's funny. People talk about, oh, I'm on, you know, I'm, I'm in keto. I'm in ketosis, bro. Like, I can eat bacon and butter and put butter in my coffee. And it's like, okay, let's look at how much butter you're going to eat and how much, how much steak you're going to eat on this diet. You're probably still eating less calories. Like, you're losing weight and, you know, Carbohydrates hold some water. You're gonna, you'll have an immediate weight loss. Water. We talked about water weight earlier. It, it's really still boils down to calories. So there's no magic. Oh, I'm in ketosis, or I, I hear all the time. Oh, my, I, I try to get my mom dieting, but you know she's diabetic and she says that she's you know insulin resistant or this or that. And, and sure, there are issues uh, that can affect your weight loss. Slow it down, speed it up, whatever. But ultimately, unless you are not a human being. Uh, you operate off of the, the concept of calories. Right? Yep. Calories are just a measure of heat. It, you're, you're, your body needs fuel and it burns it. You put too much fuel in your body, it gets fat, and if you take more away than, uh, if you eat less than you uh, need, then you're in a deficit. And that's the way it goes. If you're in a deficit, you get skinnier. If you're in a surplus, you get heavier. Right? If you want to gain muscle, you go into a surplus. You eat more food. If you want to lose fat, uh, you're going to eat less. 
lot of times people say, hey, I want to gain muscle and lose fat. Doesn't work that way. Unless you're a complete beginner with zero muscle mass, uh, it's probably not going to work. Right? At the very beginning, there are some gains that could be made, but essentially you need to be eating more food to gain muscle. So let's get the fat off. Let's get super lean. We'll worry about adding muscle after that. So be patient. Don't, uh, don't be hard on hard yourself. Uh, be consistent. That's really the, the, the takeaway here. Yeah. You mentioned the Instagram. You're going to post possibly some resources there. What's the uh, what's the handle for Instagram? Uh, CrossFit underscore SCV. At CrossFit underscore SCV. Yeah, on the Instagrams. On the grams? Yeah, on the socials. Awesome. Yeah. So, hey, your segment. So, make it a smooth transition here. Uh, Overlord at the gym this week. Oh, yes. We need, like, some music and, like, a musical intro. You want me to waka, 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 waka. Oh, that's a porn intro. Okay. I was a 70s porn intro. Seven, yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyways, try to forget that. <laughs> overheard at the gym. There's just two of us at the gym right now. <laughs> the neighbors might overhear something at the gym this week. Hey. So you had. Uh, I had a great one. This was the overheard at the gym this week. And then I'll tell you who said it after. CrossFit is like childbirth. It sucks while you're doing it. And you're so happy after. I, I would say CrossFit is exactly like childhood. So that quote was said by a man who got ferociously attacked by three females around him. It's nothing like childbirth. You don't even know. Yeah. Well, I mean, where do you, where do you think he was going with that quote? I think he was going through the, it's an immense amount of pain in a hopefully short period of time. And then after you are just so elated and happy that it's over, which is exactly how I feel about CrossFit almost all the time. It's a royal pain in the ass, but you know there's an end point and you know you just need to get there and suffer through. And when you're done, you're so happy that you did it. Yeah, I don't think that translates to childbirth. I don't either. But I'm also kind of saying that because I don't want to get uh, my ass kicked by a bunch of women next time I'm in the gym. So you're saying you really do think that? Uh, Allegedly. I mean, they're not going to listen to the podcast. Yeah, we have a very high likelihood that they're not going to, but yes. I think CrossFit can, there's certain days where it can just suck. And you know what it typically is? It's the shorter workouts that are really high intensity. The long, the long chippers and stuff, you just kind of slowly slog through those. It's the short ones that just kill you. Grace, Fran, anything overhead. Yeah, I like the, uh, I like when we hear the new people at the gym, we'll, we'll put up something like uh, this week we did a, a short, maybe five minute workout uh, was uh, power snatch of burpees, right? 10 to 10 for five minutes. And I was telling the clients, the goal is, you know, around five minutes. And well, so one of the new people is like, so how many times are we gonna do that? Just the one time, really hard, really fast. I'm like, that's it? I'm like, that's it? Just one time, as hard as you can, right? And, and at the end, they were like, oh, okay. I get it, I get it. right? What about you? What'd you hear this week? I, you know what? I don't, because we just talked about this. I, I didn't really have a chance to think about uh, any great quotes this week. Um, I'm gonna have to get back to that. Maybe I'll we'll use mine for uh, for next week. All right. So um, yeah, anything else we want to talk about here today? I, th- I think we hit the nail on the head on this one. I would just say last last big takeaway for me is. Um, you mentioned it in the beginning. Don't beat yourself up if you fall off the course. Right. Just get up, dust yourself off, get back on. Don't completely over rotate. If you screw up on your diet, don't go do four hours of running and drown yourself in a bunch of disciplinary self-hate. Like just stay consistent and um, look at the average over a longer period of time instead of the sprint. Disciplinary self-hate. Disciplinary self-hate. I have a lot of that in my life. I've got some other issues. CrossFit disciplinary self aid. We'd have a lot of people there because I think there's a lot of people in that camp right now, unfortunately. That or people that are just addicted to working out. I like that too. Not allowed to run 10 miles after doing triple heavy frame. It's not not allowed. All right. Well, Nick, thank you so much. I'm. uh, We had. I think this is a a good talk. Like I said, this is a good intro. If you want to dig into it more, find stuff. Certainly, we can put in some resources. But uh, this is a great starting point. The next point from here would be to go to a athletic and get maybe some a little bit more personal experience. Until next time, adios. Bye.